You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Ty Brown of TyTheDogGuy.com. Now, this is the show where we help you start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure per year or more income. And so I've been on a bit of hiatus. We had some scheduling errors with some guests back in December, and then uh, you know the holidays came, and we have been surprisingly busy. I say we, my company, my family, we've been surprisingly busy. And so it's been a little bit since I've been able to get a show out. And so one of the reasons I've been busy is I've been doing a lot of coaching. I've been working with about a half dozen other dog business owners on working to grow their business. And that's that's kept me quite busy in addition to my regular you know, dog training business that I run here in Salt Lake City. And so with this new year here in 2016 is when I'm recording this. You may be listening to this at another time, but it's January of 2016. I've been looking back at the shows and trying to decide what I want to do to best serve the guests. And so, like I say, I've been I've been doing a lot of coaching, a lot of uh, of teaching other business owners. And so, what I wanted to do is going to be a little bit different over these next couple few episodes. And I haven't decided how many are going to be on this you know type of format. But I wanted to do a few episodes here that are going to be just a little bit different. If you've listened to my show before, you know that you know I'm typically interviewing somebody. You know, so it's it's me talking with another guest and picking their brain and, and getting information from them. And so what I wanted to do, though, is is change the format for a bit. So these next few ones are going to be just me. So I apologize in advance if you don't like my voice, my sense of humor, or what have you. But I'm going to encourage you to listen anyways, because gosh darn it, I want the stats on my show. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But what I want to do is, like I mentioned, I've been doing a lot of coaching. And so I've been seeing various different businesses from different angles. And in fact, I'll put in the show notes a link to a webinar that I'm running on that talks a little bit more about my coaching and things like that. But I don't want this episode to be about that. What I do want it to be about is new understanding and new perspectives I'm having the more that I'm working with other business owners and seeing the challenges that they're faced with, the victories that they have, the good things that they're doing, uh, and the mistakes that are being made. And so that's what I'm going to go over in these next few episodes is kind of take you through some of the process that I go through with some of my coaching clients to help them grow their business. And so what I'm going to be talking about today in today's episode is optimizing your website for leads, taking the traffic that you're already getting and turning it into more leads. This is low-hanging fruit. You know, this is money that you're leaving on the table if you're not doing things right. So I want you to stick with me. We're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to get into some of the meat and potatoes on how you can take what you're already doing and make more money with it. I'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. 
Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, we're back, folks. And so, like I say, changing the format for the next few episodes where it's going to be me teaching concepts on things that I'm working with 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 a bunch of my coaching clients. And so one thing that I'm big on when I start working with a business or when I look at my own business for that matter is what can I do with what I already have? Now, there's a lot of reasons to that. It's pragmatic. Some might call it cheap. You know, sometimes I'm being cheap. But the reality is, is most of us, myself included, most of us are not getting enough out of the resources that we already have before we try to move on to the next. I am a huge, huge victim of this, and and it's self-victimizing here because it's myself doing it to myself. But I tend to get shiny object syndrome. I see a new marketing thing. I see a new idea, and I want to jump on it and pounce on it and learn it. And to a degree, that's healthy. You know, it's, it's good to have curiosity. But to an even larger degree, it's not healthy because what happens is, is you become a master of none. You know, you're trying to learn so much that you don't master sometimes even the basics or the foundation. And that's a problem that I have. Uh, that's a trap that I've fallen into a number of times and continue to fall in and probably will continue to fall in. But one thing I have noticed is that the better I do it focusing my efforts, the better my business grows. And so I want to encourage you to do that. So I'm, I'm entering this episode from that mindset on what can we optimize with what we already have? So before we start spending more money on advertising, before we start you know, spending more money on, on infrastructure, on software, on new gadgets, on the new campaigns, whatever, what are we already doing that we can just do better? And in other words, what is money that we're already leaving on the table? And like I say, this is the most efficient money because it uses the resources that you already have. You know, it uses things that, you know, are already your assets rather than going out and buying new assets in the form of advertising or employees or whatever. And so, so like I say, what I've been finding with my coaching clients is very often the lowest hanging fruit is this website, one of their biggest assets. For us that are dog business owners, whether we're dog trainers, dog walkers, groomers, pet sitters, what have you, are one of our biggest assets is this website. Some of us have buildings, some of us have vehicles, some of us have, you know, whatever the case might be. So, you know, many business owners are going to have more, but that's one of the wonderful things about having a business in this day and age is that with very little capital, we can have a website and we can have a real asset that can create sales. And so, like I say, in most cases, this asset is not being used the way that it could. And so one thing that I'm, you know, and if you've listened to my shows, you've probably heard me say this, but there's really only three ways to grow a business. You can get customers to purchase more often. You can get bigger ticket amounts when they do purchase, or you can get more customers. Now, a lot of us that listen are dog trainers and getting repeat business is doable, but typically isn't going to be the staple. What I mean by that is, you know, you might train somebody's dog and then maybe a year or two later they do touch up or maybe five or six years later they get another dog or, you know, maybe they do a basic class and they do an advanced class. And so it's not like 
unheard of or not even unheard of. It's not like uncommon that people get repeat business in the dog training world. In grooming and pet sitting and in dog walking, repeat business is a much bigger part. But, you know, in the dog training world, it's it's often not the biggest part just because, you know, if you do a good job, you make yourself somewhat obsolete. Like I say, there there is room for repeat business, but not a ton. But for everyone listening, there's definitely room for bigger ticket amounts and getting more customers. And so those kind of can often go hand in hand. I'm going to be going at this a little bit from getting more customers, because like I say, most of us, myself included, are leaving money on the table in the form of customers that aren't converted because our website's not doing its job. And so like I say, it's often low hanging fruit. The website's already there. Traffic's already coming. We're just not getting enough clients per visitor. And so I always tell people to think of their website as if it were a salesperson. You know, what if you have a bad salesperson? You know, you've got this storefront, for example, where you sell clothes or whatever, and you get people coming in all day long and no one's buying, or maybe like, you know, very few people are buying. We've got a salesperson problem, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do any more advertising. You wouldn't want to bring more people into that store until you fix that salesperson problem. And so let's look at your website that way. We need to make sure that we're getting as best as we can. And there's no such thing as perfect. There's always room to get better. But we want to get as best we can the amount of people coming into our store, our website, and turning into customers. And so the first thing that we need to do in order to make sure that we can optimize that process is we need to have some degree of analytics. We need to know our numbers to a degree. And so we need to track our conversions. Now, as I say this, don't freak out because there's some very basic things that you can do. I'm not talking about deep analytics. I'm not talking about getting into your Google Analytics account and trying to understand every graph in there. I sure as heck don't understand half of that stuff. Um, but I'm talking about essentially three analytical items that we're going to be looking at. So if you need to pause this and grab a piece of paper so that you can write this down, make sure you do that. But there's three things I want you looking at. Number one, how many visitors are coming to your site in any given time period? Let's say a month, you know, just for the sake of looking at a time period. How many leads does that turn into and how many leads does it take in order to make a sale? And so when I say leads, that can be a variety of different things. That can be email you know, inquiries that can be phone calls that can be filling out a form on your website. However, you are creating leads on your site, you know, that let's track that. And so the first two, how many visitors are coming and how many leads are we getting is is a big part of what I want to talk about today. Because that's that's where I say a lot of folks are missing some money on, you know, what what we would call a lead conversion rate. And so if you have a hundred visitors come, how many leads do you get? So this is a question and a topic that I've seen brought up quite a bit in, in business forums, whether it's for dog business owners or others. You know, the question is, what's a good lead conversion rate? You know, if I have 100 people come, should I be getting two leads? Should I be getting 10 leads? Should I be getting 20 leads? There's not a right answer here. And that's probably not the answer you're looking for, but there's not a right answer here. And the reason there's not is because everyone has such a different sales process. You know, some people are so much better in face-to-face meetings that all they need to do is create that upfront lead and they just need to get that person in front of them and they're good to go. My business, I'm not terribly good face-to-face, I'll be honest. And so we want to do our, you know, we want our leads to be a little bit more educated, which means we might get a lower lead conversion rate than some companies. Just because in order for somebody to become a lead, usually we have them jump through one or two hoops. 
it makes them a better lead in my opinion but you know we get less leads and so it's just you know it's just how you want to skin the cat i guess you could say and so but like i say the first thing i want you to identify is how many visitors you get and how many leads and so the visitors is fairly easy to track get google analytics on your site if you don't have google analytics on your site go to a website called fiverr.com which is f i v e r r.com and type in install google analytics and you will find 10 people who will put google analytics on your website for $5 and so so anyways tracking the amount of visitors coming to your site is pretty easy analytics is the best tool free tool no not the best tool definitely the best free tool though a lot of folks have different tools built into their hosting some of them can be good some of them not so much but google analytics is typically recognized as a very 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 good tool now the leads this might be a little bit more difficult if you're getting form fill-ins your leads might be fairly easy because maybe they're going into a software and you can see okay over a given period of time how many people filled out that form but then the other part that gets a little bit more difficult is is just simply remembering to track phone calls you know so the phone calls that come in or maybe emails that come in, you need to track those. And so like I say, once we've figured out how many visitors, then we need to look at how many leads. And there's your lead conversion rate. So if you've got 100 visitors and eight people turn into leads, well, that's an 8% conversion rate. And for a lot of sites, that would be pretty good. Definitely not bad. And like I say, this is where I feel that most business owners are, are not getting the low hanging fruit is because they're not converting those leads. And so when I'm in different forums, when I'm talking with different business owners, I often see questions like an advertising you know, person called me today and they want me to advertise on the local news website. What do you think? Should I do it? Or, you know, I had uh, Dex or, or Yelp, <laughs> Dex, Dex is, is it, does Dex even exist anymore? I had Yelp call me and they want me to advertise. Or I had this company called, they want me to advertise. What do you think, guys? This is a good idea. And inevitably, you know, on these forums, you know, someone's going to say, no, I did it and I got no money. And other people are going to say, I did it and it was okay. And other people might say, I did it and it was great. And so there is no platform that is either good or bad for advertising. But what is bad is advertising without having a, at least a relatively decent idea of what's going to come from it. And that's understanding your numbers. Because if you know how many visitors you get, how many leads that turns into, and then the third one, how many leads turns into a sale, you can really track how valuable each visitor is. You know, if you look at it and you say, okay, I get 1,000 visitors per month, it turns into X amount of leads, that turns into X amount of sales. Well, you know, I mean, obviously an easy way there is to say, you know, you get 1,000 visitors, you make $10,000. Well, each visitor is worth $10. But again, I like to make sure we're breaking it down into leads and, and, and sales and things like that. If you don't know those numbers, what's the point in advertising? Because you have no clue what's going to come back from it. You're just throwing money out there and hoping it comes back in. Whereas if you know your numbers, you can advertise or you can bring in, you can essentially know exactly what you can afford to put out there. And when I say afford, I mean that in two different ways. I mean that in the sense of, what you can afford in money if you decide to advertise or what you can afford in creating content because i see you know dog business owners these days essentially bringing people to their space their space might be their website their facebook their whatever bringing people to their space in those two ways you know they either pay for it with actual dollars in the form of advertising or they pay for it in sweat equity in the form of creating content or in the form of uh, you know creating things that people want to come look at and so if you know what your visitor value is, if you know what your lead value is, if you know how many leads it takes to make a sale, you can know, all right, it makes sense for me to spend five hours this month creating content because I know that's probably going to bring a thousand visitors, you know, based on past 
history and I know that that'll bring $10,000. Or, you know, this ad rep says that, you know, they're going to bring me 500 visitors that are pretty targeted. Well, I know that that's going to bring me $6,000 or whatever the case might be if you know your numbers. And if you don't know your numbers, you're just kind of up a creek. And so kind of the first half of my, my episode here is kind of a call to people to start tracking what they're doing, start understanding their numbers. Even like I say, these are rudimentary. I mean, we're not even getting that deep at all. This is something that everybody can do. But if you're tracking your numbers, you know what the value of those numbers are to you. And of course, that can vary. There's different types of traffic. Traffic coming from this source might convert better. Traffic coming from Google might convert like this and Facebook like this and from this advertising source like that. And so, of course, we're not talking about an exact science that says, well, I've been bringing in a thousand visitors from Google. Let me bring in a thousand visitors from Yelp. They might not convert the same, but at least you've got a baseline and you have a good idea of what you're going to get back. Therefore, you know if it's going to be good for you. Now that you understand the importance of doing that, I want to make those visitors more valuable to you by helping you convert more of them. So I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that optimization process and things that you can do right now, hopefully, or get your webmaster on them so that you can start to see some changes. I'll be right back. Okay, so I want to talk about some tips and tricks, not tricks, tips and ideas for things that you can do. Some are very clear, you know, just like do this and others are more concept driven, like understand this concept and implement on your site type thing. And so let me get some of the easier ones out of the way first. But even though they're easy, they often can mean a lot to conversions. So number one, try to have your service area somewhere in your header. I see a lot of websites where you go there and you've got to fumble around a bit before you find out that they're in Minneapolis or they're in Fort Lauderdale or wherever the case they might be. You've got to fumble around a little bit before coming to that conclusion. And so folks online don't want to fumble around and quite frequently they will not fumble around. And so this becomes important because a lot of folks think, well, you know, they typed in Las Vegas dog training and they came to my site. Well, maybe they got there a different way. Who knows how they got there? But if they're there and they have no idea where you are, they may or may not have the patience to figure it out. And so, so like I say, there's plenty that will. They'll have the patience, they'll figure it out, and maybe they'll turn into a lead. But I mean, we're talking small numbers here make a big difference. And so, so like I say, I mean, if you know that you're converting a lot of your leads, well, 1% more leads you know, because somebody didn't have to fumble around can often mean another grand a month, another two grand a month, you know, things like that. And so we've got to look at even some of these tiny details, but try to make sure that your service area is somewhere in your header so that people understand very quickly once they get there, if they're in the right spot, you know, before they just back out of there and go to the next website, that's a little bit more clear on where they are. Second thing here, same idea, make sure that there's contact information in your header. I know that probably every one of you has a contact button, which is cool. You should have that navigation tab. But even with that, again, attention spans are small and not everyone wants to do that. Sometimes somebody's on your site, they're, you know, and they're just going through and like, let me pick up the phone and let me call this guy. And then, you know, if you make it easier to call them, you will get more calls. I mean, it's just a very natural progression. If you make things easier, you will get more of it. And so it's a very simple concept, but make sure that's in there. All right, next one is one that I am doing on my, I'm, I'm redesigning my website now. And so if you go to my website, you won't see that I've done this. But I heard this on a podcast the other day and I was like, gosh, that makes so much sense. And what it is, they were talking about, you know, on this podcast, they were talking about how their conversion rate went up 90 something percent with this one little thing. And what that one little thing was, was they put testimonials throughout the site. 
And so a lot of folks have a navigation tab called testimonials. I've got it too, or I think I do. I'm pretty sure I do. It's a dumb thing that I don't even know that. Like I say, I'm in the middle of a redesign. But uh, a lot of folks have testimonials. And so what happens though is the testimonial page is often the least looked at page. I mean, and there are plenty. And so I don't think it's a bad thing at all to have a testimonials tab. There's plenty of people that will jump on that page. But by the same token, if you look at analytics of most sites out there, oftentimes the testimonials page is one of the least visited. And it makes sense, you know, because people know what, you know, when they get on there, that it's basically going to be an advertisement, right? You know, it's not going to be necessarily something that'll help them. Although there is that type of person that it will, you know, they just need someone to tell them, yes, this is a good company. And so that's where I say, I don't think it's a bad thing to have it on there. Like I was mentioning, this company had talked about their conversion rates went through the roof by simply peppering them throughout all of the different content pages. So as somebody was reading something about such and such, Boom, here's a testimonial from Cynthia. As they're reading about this, all right, there's a testimonial from Brian. And so what happens is as they're getting the information they need, they're being somewhat indoctrinated on how awesome you are. And so little thing, but it's one of these things that can make a big deal. Okay, next thing is let's make some calls to action throughout the site. This is important, and this is something so overlooked. You know, oftentimes, I see the mentality of business owners is, here guys, here's my stuff, here's what we do, and then a contact page. And the mentality is, well, if people are interested, they'll go to the contact page, and they will. You know, none of these clients that I'm working with, you know, none of the businesses that I'm aware of have like gone out of business because they don't have the right calls to action. And so people will do that, but with more frequent calls to action, with more powerful calls to action, with more clear calls to action, it is a proven fact that you will get more leads. And if you have more leads, it's basically a proven fact that you will make more sales. And so a couple tips on that. Make sure that there's clear messaging. You want clear messaging on those calls to action. You don't want a million different types of calls to action. And so don't try to be all things to all people. Understand what your sales process is. You know, And it's going to be different for everyone. A lot of people simply want to get them on the phone and they'll sell them on the phone. A lot of people want them all the way sold and then they just order online. A lot of people want to get them just interested and then get them to come in for an evaluation or something like that, come in for a meeting. Um, and so be very clear on your sales process and make sure that your calls to action fit that. And what I was mentioning earlier is you don't want a million of these. You don't want this page to say, hey, if you're interested in, in learning more, click here. And then on the other page, it's like, hey, do you want an evaluation? Click here. And on this page, it's like, hey, do you want to buy something? Click here. You know, and so there's different calls to action all over the place, and there's not uniform messaging throughout the website. Make sure your calls to action are consistent and clear throughout the site with one, maybe two, you know, but do not like overload people with a bunch of different calls to action. And again, the way to determine that is to understand what your sales process is and the best way to bring people through that process through the calls to action on your website. And so, so like I say, what we try to make sure that we do is we include them in the body of, of content. So on a, on a blog post, for example, you know, a blog post, you know, halfway down, it might say, hey, do you want your valuation? Click here. And then three quarters of the way down, hey, do you want your valuation? Click here. And then all the way at the bottom, hey, do you want your valuation? Click here. Now, obviously done in a non-obtrusive way that's not like in their face and bothering the heck out of them. And, you know, and I would only do that if there was a huge blog post, you know, on a shorter blog post, maybe one or two. But you want calls to action, not just on the contact page and not weak like that. The contact page is weak. You know, there's, there's no calls to action. It's like, hey, if you like us, get in touch. Or if you have a question, get in touch. Whereas a call to action describes exactly what you want them to do in, in order to take the next step. 
Again, what is the next step with you? I don't know, but that should be your call to action. And so, so like I say, you know, within the content, oftentimes hyperlinked within the text. And so, so in your text, it's talking like, you know, maybe you've got a blog post and then there's an image, there's a banner image like halfway through that says, Hey, want your evaluation? Click here or whatever. Obviously do better copy than that. But, you know, and then in the text, maybe you're telling a story about someone and, you know, and, and this pit bull owner wanted a free evaluation. And so they came in to get that. You can get one to click here or whatever. Obviously that's bad copy again, but you know, so hyperlinked in the text with banners on the pages, you know, and, and just various different ways, get that call to action out there and you will get more leads. Can promise you that. Next thing I want to talk about is content. People want to see and know you. And so I find that a lot of websites, I would classify them somewhat as sterile. Sterile in the sense that it's like, hey, here's what we do. You like it? Call us. And it's more about what you do. It's not about what you create. And what do you create? Are you a dog walker? Do you create a tired dog so that they don't have to? Are you a dog trainer? Do you create a, a dog that's no longer aggressive? Are you a pet groomer? Do you create a day where they don't even have to think about it? Their dog just comes home clean and smelling good and with a nice little cut. What are you creating for them? That's the picture and that's the story you need to be telling, not I walk dogs, I train dogs, I bathe dogs. People know what you do. They need to know what you create. They need to know the benefit that's in it for them, you know, what, what's created for them. And so make sure that there's content that people see and know you. And so I see a lot of websites that are very simple and simple is not bad. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's like home about services contact and there's no meat. You know, there's nothing for people to really get in there and dig in and figure out who is this dog walker? I'm going to trust my, you know, and, and so again, people will go through the process and they'll call and they'll get to know you and stuff like that. But ideally you want to create leads as warm as warm can be. And one of the best ways to do that is by creating content. Now, what I like to do and what I always recommend to clients is we want to create content that does one of two or even two of two things, which teaches a concept or shows a result. Notice I didn't say tells what you do. Now, tells what you do needs to be somewhere on the site. You know, it needs to be like, hey, we train dogs or hey, we bathe dogs. So that has to be in there to a degree. But the content that you should be creating should teach a concept or show a result or both because that's what people are there for. People are there to get a problem solved. And if you teach them a concept about how to do it, maybe they go off and solve it themselves. Probably not. Probably they need to hire you or they're there and they need to show, you know, they need to see a result in the form of a testimonial, in the form of a before and after video, in the form of a blog post that tells a story about a concept or, or, or whatever. But you need to be teaching them a concept or showing them a result or both. And like I say, you can definitely do content that's both. Now, I'm very specifically saying content because this could be an article, a blog, you know, blog post article. This could be a video. This could be an audio, you know, a podcast. This could be this could be any sort of content, but you want it to teach a concept, show a result or both. Don't simply outline what it is or what you are. Teach a concept, show a result, or both. If you can start doing that, that's one of the biggest things that creates conversions for us. Because if you look at my web properties, there are so many mistakes, so many mistakes. But one thing that we've been good at is just getting stuff out there for years and years. And so without doing anything on purpose, I've got thousands and thousands of YouTube subscribers and millions of views and, and things like that. And we're always trying to get better at it because I, there's plenty that do it way better than us. But by just throwing stuff out there, nowadays, we're much more clear in how we throw stuff out there. So don't just throw stuff out there willy nilly. Make sure that it's teaching a concept, showing a result or both. But like I say, people have gotten to know us so well 
before they ever before they're ever on there, before they ever make the call or fill out the form or whatever, they're often quite pre-sold, and then so selling becomes a whole lot easier. And so, so like I say, that originally happened on accident, and now I'm doing it much more on purpose. But in any case, do that. All right, one final thing, and then I want to finish up. So hopefully you're getting some good ideas here, and hopefully you're writing down some concepts because one of these things could increase your conversion rate by a few percentage points or whatever. And we're talking serious money when that happens, when you're talking about the amount of web visitors that most sites get. So last thing is include an opt-in form on the upper right hand of your pages. And so, so like I say, for most local businesses, this is going to be a big deal. And again, if you look at my web properties, this is something that I'm not currently doing. And the reason why is because I've got different goals for my site because we sell stuff locally, but we also sell it nationally. And so we have to do this a little bit different. But for years, when I had sites that were just on a local level, this is one of the main things that created tons of leads for me that's helped, uh, you know, helped us sell tons and tons of training over the years is an opt-in form on the upper right-hand corner. And so let me take two minutes to talk about that. An opt-in form is a form where it says, hey, fill out this form for what's the next step in your sales process. And again, I don't know what that is. That's something you have to determine. So maybe it's a free evaluation. Maybe it's to get pricing. Maybe it's to come and meet us. Maybe it's to whatever. Fill out this form for, and then in the upper right-hand corner, you put that. And so I still remember this years ago, and I don't know why it works. Maybe it's just how the brain sees information. I don't care why it works, to be honest. When someone tells me, or or when I'm convinced that something works, I don't always have to understand the mechanisms behind it. If it works, it works. And so I remember reading probably 10 years ago, you know, on a website that says, hey, if you put an opt-in form on the upper left and you put an opt-in form on the upper right, the one on the upper right is going to convert 30-something percent better or 15% better. I have no idea. I don't remember what it was. But I remember at that point, I changed it over and suddenly I started getting more leads. And I can tell you my coaching clients, I got an email from one the other day. She was like, hey, did that three new leads today. That's a ton of leads for me. Awesome. I did it with another trainer that I'm working with out in New York. And he was like, hey, do you know that this past month I've had more leads than I've had the entire business? And he's been in business like three, four years, something like that. And so this works, putting a call to action opt-in form on the upper right-hand side. I know it sounds tiny, but it works. So typically that's going to be just right beneath your header, upper right-hand side, call to action form that people can fill out or an image that links to a form that people can fill out. And darn it, it works. So again, I have no reason to tell you why that works better than the left side. I know why it works better than down below the fold because more people are going to see it, but it creates leads. It just does. And so don't question why it works. Just do it if you're able to do it. So in any case, real quick, I want to recap service area in your header, contact information in your header, testimonials throughout the site, calls to action throughout the site with clear messaging in a variety of different ways, banners, in-text links, things like that. Content that teaches a concept, shows a result, and opt-in form on the upper right-hand side of your pages. And if you do those things, you are going to get a lot more leads. You might be doing some of those things already. Great. If you're if you're not doing all of them, let's start adding them. I don't mean to tell you exactly what to do with your business. I'm not your boss. But I can tell you that if you do these things, you will get more leads. It's as simple as that. I've, I've done it with my own business. I, I help other businesses do this. And so I can tell you that those are little things. Now, there's a billion other things that you can do for, for conversion on sites. There really is. But those are the ones that I think are often the easiest to implement and bring some of the best results. So I've gone into a little bit longer of a, of a podcast this time. Hopefully, I'm not being too chatty. Hopefully, these are things you can take with and run. And so... 
I encourage you to listen to all of our other episodes here on PetLifeRadio.com. Just click on Six Figure Dog Business. While you're there, click on some of the other shows. There's a ton of really good shows on this network that I want you to also listen to. Uh, If you have questions for me, feel free to visit TieTheDogGuy.com. And like I say, down in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to a webinar that I'm running that gives more information on how you can add $20,000 to your business this year without having to spend more money on advertising. All right. Thanks for listening. Make sure to come out to our next episode. I look forward to talking with you again. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.